turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel 525. Well, after a month's break here on Way of Grace, Pastor Jessica Stand returns us to our look at Samson. It's been a couple of programs since we've spent time with this man. We'll continue looking at him next here on Way of Grace. Grace Bible Church here in Hayward and online at grace-bible.com. This is Way of Grace. Welcome to our broadcast today. We are back in the book of Judges, chapter 15, verses 11 through 19. Message simply entitled, Samson, Loose Him. As we take a look at this passage before us, we see the fight rewarded with God's favor and what one man can do, singing for joy. It's all straight ahead. Join us for today's broadcast of Way of Grace. Here's Pastor Jesse. Proverbs 5.20. I could take you through a long um, exposition of the concept of chords all through the Bible. They are there. You and I have all kind of chords we deal with. Here's a set of chords that you and I have to work on. And why wilt thou, my son, why wilt thou, my son, be ravished with a strange woman? You see, there's the paradox again of the man with his woman, right? And embrace the bosom of a stranger. Verse 21. Okay. For the ways of men are before the eyes of the Lord, and he pondereth all his goings. Thank you, Lord. Look at verse 22. His own iniquity shall take the wicked himself, and he shall be holden with the cords of his what? Right. What a vivid picture of mankind living in rebellion against God and coming into bondage and cords and bands that are generated by his own sinful nature. And this is why we say that mankind is not free. This is why we say human beings are slaves of sin. This is why we say when they act volitionally and intentionally the way they do, they only act in accord with their sinful nature, which is bound to rebellion. Y'all see what I'm getting at? Now look at that. Don't these people need to be liberated? Didn't you need to be liberated when you were in that situation? And this is the beauty of the triumphant narrative where we see those who are used of God to proclaim the truth of the gospel, being liberated themselves because liberation is the end game of God for you and me, is it not? Jesus came to set the captives, what? Whosoever the Son shall set free shall be what? Free indeed. If you are my disciples, you will continue in my word and you will know the truth and the truth will keep liberating you from every lie. That's the promise of God. All right. So under that... Second, uh, third sub point, we are seeing the 
the uh, parody between the devil and him binding people to make them his slaves and God liberating men and women in order to make them slaves of Christ. Point number two in our outline, their folly exposed as what? Weakness. Now, when you look again back at uh, our text, Judges 15, verse 16, I love this. And uh, verse 14, rather. And when he came to Lehi, the Philistines shouted against him and the spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him and the cords that were upon his arms became as what? All right. So you guys know we're dealing with a notable what? Miracle. And it's being done in, again, a metaphor of fire coming upon the rope, causing the rope to do what? Melt like wax. So this is the, the narrator is sharing with you something of a miraculous nature is occurring. In other words, you don't see Samson struggling to take himself out of the rope. He's not struggling. He's not struggling. God is acting. That's what you need to know. The spirit of the Lord has rushed upon Samson because Samson is God's man. And God is now going to demonstrate that though he submitted to being bound by men, God is going to be the one to let him go. It's important for you to see that. And of course, if you just know anything about the idea of candle wicks just melting in the fire, it means that there was no chance that the Jews or the Philistines could keep him bound. There was no possible way, right? This is the picture that we have here, as I stated, and I want you to get it. This is not about a struggle on the part of Samson. This is about a determination on the part of God to put Samson in an optical way by which the enemy exposes themselves for wanting to reject God, buying God. And then God shows up and, sh- and, and demonstrates it's impossible for you to use any kind of mechanism to bind God or to bind God's servants. I'm really happy about that because God's servants get to own this as a blessing in your life. See, yeah, a lot of times when you are and I are put in situations where we're bound, It's nothing for God to let you go. It's nothing for God to let you go. You can wrestle and you can struggle. And have you not wrestled and struggled and toiled and tried to get yourself out of the ropes? Many times you have allowed to bind you up until again, you simply settle down and say, Lord, help a brother. Lord, help a sister. And then when God comes through, it becomes clear that this was not even a contest for God. The beautiful thing, isn't it? Not even a contest for God. I do want you to see the invisible God in this, but I really do want you to see the visible servant in Samson. Please see him for a moment. Samson is not struggling, child of God. Y'all got that? Samson is not struggling at all. Samson is submissive. This is the whole concept of the Nazarite consecration. Please get this. Samson is submitting to God. He's submitting to his brethren. He submitted to his first wife, did he not? And he's going to submit to that woman called Delilah, will he not? And that's because Samson is representing the permissive, redemptive will of God in Christ. He seems to submit to everybody that wants to take him out. But in his submission to God, God sets him free. 
God sets them free. So there are going to be a lot. There are going to be a lot of um, <clears throat> there are going to be a lot of occasions in your life where uh, influences are going to come, and they're going to want you to submit to them. The issue is, will those influences? that will ask you or threaten you or try to bring you into captivity correspond with God's sovereign and permissive will. Sometimes it will. Does that make some sense? Sometimes God's permissive will will tell you to submit to the diabolical plans of someone that is intending to hurt you so that God can intercept it. You can imagine that. Child of God, you can imagine it. You can imagine it. So what I'm doing is I'm just showing you that Samson is not some uh, superhuman. He's a real human being just like you and me. And the, the secret of his strength is in his submission. The secret of Samson's strength is in his submission. Did y'all get that? The secret of his strength is in his submission. You know how, you, how the kids, when they're doing the uh, color pictures of Jesus and, and John the Baptist and Paul, you know how they do that in, in, in your churches? They do that. Haven't you seen Jesus? Y'all haven't seen Jesus on, in the coloring books? Yes, you have. He always looks the same, doesn't he? Like they slow, they got a picture of Jesus 2,000 years ago. Y'all haven't seen pictures of Moses, pictures of Paul, haven't you? Y'all done seen pictures of Samson. Samson looking like Arnold Schwarzenegger or somebody. Right? Is that right? Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing could be further from the truth. Two truths here. We never got a picture of Jesus. So it's a delusion of our own ethnic prejudices. Now, we never saw Samson even remotely mentioned as being more physically prodigious than anybody else. There was nothing about his physicality that made him exceptionally strong. Where the strength of Samson comes in is where your strength comes in, and that's submission to God. I got 15 more minutes. Can I keep talking to you? Right. So this is where the Nazarite vow comes into play. And that's this. Uh, Samson was trained to be submissive both inwardly and outwardly all the days of his life. He was put in a consecrated place where he would look different than everybody else. And you can imagine what that meant in terms of child play and peer dynamics in high school, et cetera, et cetera. Does that make some sense? Right. And the way he was able to negotiate all of these Um, what we would call just human reactions to his peculiarity, because I told you he was peculiar, is that he submitted to God. See, the key to you and I being able to have the victory is submission to God. All right? Submission to God is really, really the key here. His submission is God's what? Strength. Isn't that the way Paul put it? In my weakness, God's strength is manifested. Paul said, I figured that out. Paul said, I figured that out. And you and I can figure that out as well. This really requires a level of maturity on the part of your faith because 
when your faith is immature, your faith is grasping after all kinds of human logical things to help you understand your interaction with God. And frequently Christians are operating out of carnal strength because their faith is not mature enough to understand the paradoxical nature of submission to God to get the job done. Y'all know what I'm saying is true. This is the the narrative of your Bible, always leaning on our own understanding, always inclined to work it out for ourselves. Because to recognize that we are weak and to recognize that we have to often be vulnerable is just so counterintuitive to our nature. Am I making some sense? No, it can't be that way. It is that way. It can't be that way that Samson has to grow up with long hair and called a sissy. Now, you know them Jewish boys was calling him a sissy. Now, ain't no doubt about Jewish minds. Well, this is the sufferings. You see, Samson, you see, you see. And look how weird he dresses. Now, he can't go here and he can't go there. He can't do this. That boy crazy. He had to put up with that all his life. Do you understand that? And John the Baptist had to go through the same thing. Y'all know John the Baptist was just a sight to see. This crazy brother with this 1960 leather coat on with with some some camel skin patches all over the place. And he got a bag, a bag of, of, uh, I want to call them Skittles. (laughs) But these are grasshoppers, locusts. He, 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 he popping locusts all day long, right? He popping locusts. And then on the other side, he got a little bag of wild honey. He take one locust out, dip it in the honey, throw it in his mouth. This is called the foolishness of preaching. That the power of God may be made manifest in it. God's thoughts are not your thoughts. His ways are not your ways. As the heavens are high above the earth, so God's ways are high above ours. And it's necessary for the people of God to learn that what is highly esteemed among men is an abomination with the Lord. It's so really true. It's so really true. So how many of y'all would have hung out with, 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 with John the Baptist? Tell the truth. No, y'all would have took pictures of him and sent it all over the internet. And the master said there was no greater prophet than John the Baptist. See, John the Baptist was sanctified in mind. He was sanctified in his emotions and he was sanctified in his conduct. He could see through all the opposition to be what Christ called a flaming fire. To tell it like it was and didn't care what nobody thought about it. He wasn't trying to win friends on Twitter. Because he had a friend in Jesus. John and Jesus was a sight to see. And unless you had the spirit of revelation and wisdom and the knowledge of God, you wouldn't have known that these were men of God imminently. And it's the same thing with our dear brother Samson. And the cords that were upon his arms became his flax that was burned with fire and his bands did what saints? Loose from off him. So when I'm teaching you guys on Tuesdays and Fridays, I help you guys walk through the narrative and I tell you to be sensitive 
to the construction of the language. Here it is indicated very clearly that he did not loose himself. The bands loosed of their own accord. That's a miracle. Do you see it? Literally in the Hebrew, here's how it would go. And the, uh, and the cords that were upon his arms, ropes, really, some of your translations will say that, and the ropes that were upon his arms melted like flax, burned with fire, quickly melted, watch this, and his bands fell off of his hands. They just fell off. They, here's what literally happened. The, the tension that was around his hands, because you know they tied those ropes tight. Y'all wouldn't know that, right? The tension that was around his hands and arms was an indication of the power of the wicked to bind him. The ropes were trying to obey them. But omnipotence entered in and said, loose him. And the ropes just fell off. Y'all ought to be shouting right now because the loosening of the ropes represents the loosening of Christ from the dead. Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2, verse 23 again, and then verse 24, I'm going to make an application as we get ready to wind this down. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by wicked hands and have crucified him. And y'all saw it in John, John's gospel, chapter 18. He put his hands out and they bound him, didn't they? They bound him and took him to the cross. And I told you, that's why I said earlier, I said, this is going to be a quick one, y'all. This is going to be a quick one. It ain't going to be long. They bound him. And he was bound for three days and three nights. And when the disciples, first our dear sister Mary, Mary Magdalene and the others came to the tomb, guess what they discovered? A loosed man. They know he was loosed because his clothes had been left there and everything they used to tie him up in the death garments, right? Was all nice and neat and orderly. Like he wasn't in a hurry. When heaven said, come on, Jesus, he just took his time and took the garments off and laid them there so you and I can look at the garments and understand that the son of God who bore our sin and was tied with the cords of our iniquity and bore the wrath of God in the midst of a eternity of hell was loosed on the third day because the grave could not continue to hold him who is our liberty. Look at verse 24. Whom God raised up having what? Loose him. That's the title of our message. Anybody rejoicing? We love the revelation of Christ in the scriptures, don't we? We love to see Jesus because we see Jesus and know that what Jesus did, he did for us. My salvation is in the son of the living God. My freedom is because of him bearing my sin. I'm certain that whenever God wants to loose me, he can loose me. Christ paid for my bondage. Christ paid for my loosing. He paid for yours too. Don't ever forget that. Samson is not doing anything but standing there. Isn't that beautiful? Submitting to God. This is why God allowed him to have long hair. Jesus submitted to the will of the Father, didn't he? I love it because when Jesus was done doing everything, I got one more. I don't want to jump there. I'm going to go there at the end of this little excerpt. Jesus was submissive to his father all the way. The Hebrew writer made it very clear that he 
was known by his obedience to his father, even to the extent of fear and trembling. What a beautiful insight to the submission of Christ to his father. And here we see that the grave could not hold him. It was impossible for the grave to hold him. And therefore, God has highly exalted him and placed him at his own right hand. Child of God, the only reason that you and I know anything about freedom is because God has set us free by the accomplished redemption of Jesus Christ in our life. Well, I love it. Look at look at sub point B in your outline. Their folly it has uh, their folly exposed as weakness because of Samson's submission to God. His suffering was what short lived. Psalm one twenty nine four will give you one of about eight verses you can own. Listen to Psalm one twenty nine four. Know this, know this, that the purpose of God in your life is to liberate you every time you get in trouble. Just know that. Here it is. The Lord is what. He hath cut asunder the cords of the what? That's what God does. The Lord is righteous. That means his righteous work accomplished for him the right to cut cut asunder the cords of wickedness. Now, y'all may not notice, but those are your cords. Those are your cords that he's cutting asunder. How is it that you are free from the cords of wickedness if it's not that God came and cut them as a consequence of Christ's death for you? Y'all got that? The Bible is very clear about that word. God looseneth the bands of the wicked. Let me look at verse five. Psalm 129, verse five It's such a beautiful reality. Let all that be confounded and turned back that hate Zion, verse six, because now what he's doing is getting into a warfare motif. Let them be as grass upon the housetop, which wither for it groweth up. I think there's one more verse to look at here. Where with the more, okay, he goes on and on and on. This gets back into the warfare motif. Go back to my text. I got one more thing I want to say, and then we're going to wrap this up. I'll leave that here because now that we see Samson loosed, and he represents the loosening of our Savior, and we literally saw this last week, did we not, with the three Hebrew boys in the fire, did we not? Being loosed, though they were cast in their bow. And are those not great motivating factors for you and me? Albeit very difficult. Albeit very difficult. Because loosening is always an indication that we are dealing with a very difficult trial. It's almost always indicating that you and I are dealing with a trial way too big for ourselves. And so we, we ought not to belittle the idea of being liberated and freed from captivity. This is, this is something that the Son of God had to pay for for you. And, and it doesn't, listen, micro, micro analyze this on a very personal level. Liberation for you and me often needs to take place in the way we think. Because we're often trapped by the cords of bad thinking. And as I am stating to us as children of God in our sanctification study, there is an inexorable correlation between the way you think and the way you feel. Please understand that. You cannot act in obedience to God if your feelings are jacked up. If they are predisposed to actually not be inclined to love God and serve God, you're not going to take what you think and be able to act on it while you have a rebellious motivational system. It's so really true. This is what we can really learn. How is it that a child of God can be demotivated to worship? How can a child of God be demotivated 
to read his Bible? How can a child of God be demotivated to study the word of the living God? How can you be demotivated to fellowship with the people of God? How can you be demotivated to serve God? And there are all kinds of Christians who are honest and recognize when I hear the call to worship, I hear the call to study, I hear the call to fellowship, I hear the call to engage God's people, I hear the call to serve, I'm demotivated. You are in trouble. You need the cords of your emotional hijacking to be loosed so that your emotions are subservient to the way you think, and hopefully your thoughts are God's thoughts. Well, you have been listening to Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastand from Grace Bible Church here in Hayward. If you have questions or comments about the program, maybe you would like to learn more about us here at Grace Bible Church in Hayward. Reach out to us by simply calling 510-886-9782, or you can visit our website, grace-bible.com. That's grace-bible.com. Sunday services here at the church are 1030 in the morning. Friday evening is our Friday evening Bible study at 6.30. And man, we've got friends of the ministry from all over the Bay Area who join us for this Friday night Bible study. It is an amazing time of God's Word and sweet fellowship in Christ. 6.30 in the evening Tuesdays, our prayer time and a short Bible study as well. These meetings, again, the directions and information of which you can find at our website, grace Bible. Dot com or by calling 510-886-9782. This program continues to air here on this radio station and on the World Wide Web because you partner with us financially and prayerfully. Thank you for your support. No gift is too small. No gift is too large. And you can either give on a monthly basis or it's a one-time gift. It is all tax deductible, and again, the biggest part of your partnership with us is that we get to continue ministering the gospel of grace here in the Bay Area and all over the world. Consider that as you contact us and join us again next time for another broadcast of Way of Grace with Pastor Jesse Gastan.